Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's agriculture industry. Working with the Rural Support Trust, each week I talk with farmers, industry professionals and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on various industry-related matters that are relevant to both our farming and our urban communities. Dairy prices have shown a dramatic lift in the latest GDT auction. The overall GDT price lifted 15%, quite an extraordinary result. WMP prices jumped 21% to reach their highest level since 2014. The price gains this auction have far exceeded expectations. Aggressive purchasing fueled by Chinese buyers is driving the result and stockpiles in China aren't matching consumption levels. The farm gate milk prices for both 2021 and 21-22 could finish up 20 cents higher than most forecasts. That's a superb boost to our dairy farmers. Now taking a quick look at the beef and lamb market, we can see that the picture differs from the recent dairy lift. A North Island beef steer is processing at around $5 per kilogram and a 500 kilogram steer is trading at around $2.50 per kilogram in the paddock. Many finishers will actually be quite happy with this as the current store pricing is hovering around 50% of the hook price in the North Island. Cattle are very good buying right now if you have the fee to get them through this dry period. In the south, the same animal is processing at about $4.60 per kilogram and $2.50 per kilogram in the paddock. What to watch out for will of course be dairy cow culls. They will start to impact the local trade market. Seasonal pressures are also relevant in the lamb market. A North Island lamb is processing at around $6.50 per kilogram and trading at $2.90 per kilogram in the paddock. South Island lamb, slightly softer and processing at $6.25 per kilogram, but store pricing is holding well at $3 per kilogram. This week, I chat to Waikato farm advisor Ken Bartlett to get his take on how farmers are getting on in his area. Ken specialises in dairy business models, financial planning and viability studies. Let's check in with him now. Hello Ken, thank you for your time today. Good, no problems. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. Please can you you tell me about the work that you do? Right, I'm a dairy farm consultant, uh, FarmWise. I work for Livestock Improvement. We're a user pay service. And what I see is dairy farms, and I guess my role is is to try and help them improve their profitability with whatever system they're dairy farming on. Mm. Ken, how's the general feeling of farmers out there currently? Are they optimistic? At the mo- yeah, at the moment they're really positive for two reasons. One is that we're getting a wet week, which means that they can get out, out and see that grass is starting to grow again. And that means that they naturally look at being able to feed the cows better in the next two or three weeks. And what, if they can see that, they're happy. The second one, as you know, the auctions went up, <coughs> excuse me, 21%. So that means to say that they can think, gosh, the payout's going to be good. And also Fonterra, the largest Dairy Company announced that they will be paying a dividend this year. Mm, that's fantastic. So you mentioned there's rain this week. How have moisture levels been until that point? I guess that for 
people in the city, it's been really good because they've been able to go out on beaches. Uh, the thing that's happened this year is that it was pretty good for till about three weeks ago. Then we had those really hot afternoons. I'm in the Waikato. Mm. These really hot Waikato afternoons, which almost with wind and that just burnt the stuff off. So from being good three and a half weeks ago, it got very, very dry last week and soil moisture were really down just because of the climatic conditions. Well, that's fantastic that rain has fallen currently. It's really, really good to yep. hear. What about livestock condition around the traps? Are there any concerns around condition or disease this year currently? Condition-wise, I guess the guys that are doing, the, the people that sort of put their head around and do the thinking at the moment would be saying that what we need to do is to set ourselves up for next season because we know and they know that we want good cow condition at calving and the condition score of five for mature cows and 5.5 for young cows. And most of the people that I see, rather than just say that, they'd go on to Dairy NZ website and get the photos. And the good guys actually put those photos of different condition scores up in the shed. So them so they and their staff can see that and then compare those photos to their cows mm. and the thin ones and those are the cows 3.5 or less they would dry off now because it takes about 100 days to put a condition score on. So that's, that's one of the things that people are thinking about. The other thing is bovis, we don't seem, thank goodness, we don't seem to have a problem there. Okay, uh, so so there's no imbovis uh, issues? No. I don't see that. Sorry, Angus. No, I don't. Mm. Well, that's good to hear. So MPI appears, well, certainly in your region, MPI is on top of imbovis. Yeah, Angus, and I've dealt with one uh, imbovis, which was on the, which was over at Neopodiki, mm. and they did a magnificent job, like mm. really, really supported the farmer really well. Pleased to hear that. There's a lot of pressure on farmers currently, Ken. My yep. concern my concern with, with this increased pressure and compliance is there will be increased costs placed on farmers. Yes. We have changes to freshwater, grazing, and more changes coming with New Zealand's climate targets. What do you make of all this? I, I guess that the people that I see realise this is happening. The thing that they really want is really clear science of what they can do. And I, I think also the thing that sort of um, gets some of them quite uptight is they don't hear enough good stories of what people are doing. They hear stories to say that we should be doing this. And some guys are doing it already, and, but they don't read that, hey, John Brown has done a really good job with fencing off waterways or something like that. And it's, it's the sort of negativity that, and a lot of that negativity sort of goes into the cities. And, um, you know, I guess that the thing that's changed a bit is that because of the lockdown, 
people realise farmers, the dairy farmers are reasonably important for the economy. And as one guy said last week, is I'm actually proud again to be a dairy farmer, whereas 18 months ago I wasn't. Because he said I didn't say I was ever dairying because people I spoke to in Auckland thought I wasn't doing very much to the economy or the climate. Mm. Is it going to get harder for families to keep their properties? And is succession getting tougher in your work? Right, succession is interesting because people are actually thinking of that now and they're doing some planning and uh, I'm sure it's going to, it, it won't get easier and I think that's why the ones that I see um, and I do a bit of work with the solicitor uh, and he's saying that some, which sounds really weird, but he said some of his clients, when they come in, don't even have a will. He said when they leave, they definitely do have a will. But he said it's just that they're realising that they've got this very large, uh, a, a very large business, and the problem they've had in some cases, and this is just generalisations, is that. The only ever the only thing they've ever done is invest in their business. So selling the farm and where to put the money is quite a worry because mm. they haven't been used to um, sort of using shares. The only shares in most cases they've had has been dairy farming, uh, the sorry dairy company mm. or fertilizer shares, and the dairy company shares have sort of jumped round a bit. So they think, flip idea. I haven't got much faith in that. Mm. So it is. It's, it's Angus. It's a bit more difficult because they want a good standard of living naturally, and um, they've got this big asset. They find getting labour harder and things like that. Is the family farm safe in the future, or do you think we're going to see farming become, or more farm farming businesses be corporate owned? I think that. The thing that's interesting, if they do the planning, the family farm's safe. The other thing is, and we, I had this uh, discussion with a guy on Tuesday. The other thing that they have to realise is that they need to sort of say that what we did, we can't expect young people to do because naturally people in their 60s and the families realised how they got there was with hard work with long hours. And as one guy said, we can't expect that. So we need to look at our farming systems to make it more attractive to young people. Because there is a, there is a, and there's tons of science stuff that can make it easier, but they actually have to say, gosh, we can't expect these people to work 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day. So there's, new things coming forward, which is really exciting to make it easier, but mm. they have to accept those. Mm. Are there any challenges currently around staffing? Obviously, the border's been closed. Many workers are, of course, international, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, I, I, I see a wee bit of that, but I guess that the people would, that would see a lot more of that is the people down south on quite large operations. 
mm. which they rely on those people. But staffing is hard. And uh, I guess that, like, uh, I guess we need to do some thinking of how we can make it more attractive uh, because salaries are good. Um, but again, that, and there are kids uh, like this, that they don't want to do the big long hour. They're not farming, but they just want to have more free time. Mm. And I, I, I'm not saying that's all bad. I'm not saying that's bad at all. But we need to do some thinking of how we can get our head around that. Mm. From the many conversations you have with farmers, have you got a message perhaps from farming farmers that you talk to uh, on a regular basis to our agriculture minister? <laughs> well, you leave the neat ones for later, eh? Uh I, I, I guess that I guess what I what they say that he's not very visible compared to you know what um, how we rely on um, agriculture for exports he's not visible and again he's not saying the positives because as one guy said that one of the things as you know is that we're meant to reduce stocking rate and I think his comment was that that's happening anyway, but I mean, flip oh dear, we didn't have any stats. We just had a statement like that. And there's tons of stats out there, as you know, if you want to look for them. Mm. And uh, we talked about this earlier, but on the back of the latest dairy auction results, you've got faith and, and confidence uh, in New Zealand's farming sector. Yeah, very much so, because when you sort of go through what's happened over the years, that some guys come up with new ideas and it takes a while for people to adapt. And, you know, I guess the classic is um, six or seven years ago, if you knew a person that was doing some once-a-day milking, the comment usually was, well, he's just a lazy beggar. Um, but now it's just accepted that parts of the year we can do that. And uh, I guess... That's what we're saying is that we need to do those thinkings to help the job be more attractive. Mm, indeed. Ken, I know you're a busy man. I thank you very, very much for your time and thoughts today. Not a problem. Thank you to Ken for joining me on the show. Some interesting thoughts, and in particular, one of his clients now saying he is proud to be a farmer, whereas 18 months ago, he did not feel that way. Okay. So there may be progress from a perception perspective, but more to be done. Our farmers are needed more than ever. Another interesting comment from Ken was that there is a sense that our agriculture minister is not visible enough to our farmers. When you look through Mr O'Connor's responsibilities, he is a minister for the following portfolios. Agriculture, biosecurity, land information, rural communities, trade and export growth. To me, that appears he has an awful lot on his plate. So the question is, does he have too much? And is he able to be effective across all of these? That is a question for another day, and one I would like to put to him directly. In December last year, the Southland Advisory Group recommended the government make several changes to the rules under the government's National Environmental Standard for Fresh Water. These included amendments to pugging and re-sowing dates. 
The Southland Advisory Group is made up of two farmer representatives and representatives from Dairy NZ, Beef Plus Lamb New Zealand, Environment Southland, Federated Farmers and Fish and Game. It was formed after farmers expressed their concerns about their ability to implement the regulations wanting fair and pragmatic solutions. A summary of the Southland Advisory Group recommendations are that the group agrees that farm plans are the future for managing fresh water and whilst these are developed and rolled out, the group recommends work commence immediately on a step that can be used in the interim, an intensive winter grazing module. This would enable farmers to identify the specific risks on their property and identify the good management practices they implement to mitigate the impacts on fresh water. The pugging and re-sowing date conditions should be removed. The group have also recommended a new measure which focuses on the management of critical source areas. Pugging and re-sowing rules would lead to perverse outcomes, but managing critical source areas would lead to improve environmental health. The recommendation suggests these areas are protected within intensively grazed areas through buffers. Farmers need answers on these things and they need them now so they can start planning. Autumn is here and very soon so will winter be. Mr O'Connor, you need to address this immediately as the pressure cooker will start to quickly heat up. You say you are farmer supportive, well I can assure you farmers in Southland and indeed the Waikato are not feeling your support right at this minute. They need assurance, they need clarity, and they need it now. Remember, it's farmers we need, not politicians walking around in circles. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time on Factum Agri.